Welcome back to a brand new episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast with, by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside, as always, fresh from Russia, fresh from Florida, actually, Kirill Sasha Kaprizov. Uh, it is good to be back. Ah, yes, I just I decided to not go back uh, to the Russian league, to the KLH? KHL? KHL. KHL, yes. See, you can't even name it. Might as well come to the NHL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Caleb Minimino. I liked it. Thank you. Yeah. He scored twice. He did. This week. It yeah. was great. I forgot he was on our team for a second there. So, oh, yeah. Tati's player. Nice. Um, so, it came up, like, of course, the reference that I made about Tasha's name, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, the best player to ever play for Minnesota Wild, and he only played 55 games for us last season, has finally re-signed $9 million for five years, and, like, people... People were like, oh, he's going to have to quarantine for a few weeks and then get vaccinated. He, he's been in America for like three weeks. So like he knew this was happening. But he quarantines in Florida, which is like, choose, choose a better place. Quarantine in fucking Montana where there's no one around you. Right. Instead of like gators and snakes and Florida people. Yeah. Pick out one of those beautiful national parks like Glacier Park and just like enjoy the emptiness and the air. <laughs> or, or there's probably too much of that in Russia. He's just like, no, I need, I need one. <laughs> I need a Waffle House within sight. <laughs> but he's vaccinated, and um, the Wild are like 100% vaccinated, which is awesome. I think most hockey teams have to be now, because NHL is like mandating that. That's a step in the right direction. You know, this has been going on for over. You know, almost two years. It's no sign of really slowing down. Um, so thank God, at least sports is figuring it out. At least one sport is figuring it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. One. Like, and it tells like, don't talk about concussions. We'll we'll just cover COVID. That'll, that'll distract <laughs> them from a concussion issue. And they're right; it has for the most part. <laughs> right, good job, NHL, watching out for your players' health and like, yes, it's working. Yes. <laughs> MLS took the other approach. They were like, well, if they, we should finally address our concussion protocol instead of addressing COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There have been a few teams in MLS who have like mandated vaccines, I think, in the stands. Then most of those places, I think, the, I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Canadian teams are part of that coalition. Yeah. The Sounders, probably. I doubt the Texas or Florida teams are. I, I guess if you don't do a Houston game, you can just, you know, spread yourself out by such feet because you can sit in your own section pretty much because no one's ever there. <laughs> so there's that. That's... Do, you, do, you think, do you think Dallas and Houston fans like to watch Austin games? Like, they can fill a stadium? How? They probably are just like, I don't know, like, thinking back to their glory days like when they could fill a stadium back back when Houston was in San Jose yes (laughs) (laughs) or or like uh, the first two years after they moved that's about it when they were the Dallas Burn yeah which is still a great 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 name when they were in a different conference (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes I wish the Minnesota was in a different conference because I looked at some of those Eastern Conference teams and like oh I would love to play Miami three times. I would love to not play Seattle three times. I'd love to play Chicago three times. They look terrible as well. 
you know, you know who used to be in the in the Eastern Conference. Who? <laughs> SKC. You knew exactly where I was going with this. The Wiz. <laughs> yes, I, I honestly got. I I remember when they moved over. I hated the fact that they moved over. It was just like, it was stacking powerhouses on one side. Uh, it, it's kind of like, like for so long the NBA was just so West heavy, like the Lakers, the Spurs, everyone else on that side. I, 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 it was so tight over in the Western Conference for the NBA that like. Compared to the Eastern Conference, where like the bottom like three seeds in the Eastern Conference playoffs would be like ten games below five hundred, then like two Western Conference teams who were like above five hundred just wouldn't make it to the playoffs. It was so tight, which is just hilarious. And now the bunch of the champions, and then the East. So the balance has been restored, I think. Yeah, and it kind of feels like that balance. The Columbus Crew were the one who restored the balance in the MLS. Odd enough as it is. It wasn't. Well, it, was, it was not Atlanta United. It was Columbus. No, yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> definitely Columbus. And like, we we talked about like balance and powerhouses. Like the England Revolution are tearing this league apart right now. <laughs> yes. and they're you know right on the that Atlantic Ocean. So yeah. maybe we, I don't know. Maybe yeah. just the conference are more unbalanced. But who knows? But still, Seattle and Kansas City and the LA teams and Colorado now in one conference mm-hmm. and Portland. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, Kansas City, Minnesota. Hey, Sasha, I blocked <laughs> this entire game out of my memory. What happened? Uh, there was no mercy for us at Children's Mercy Park. That was, oh, no. it was a slaughter. <laughs> um, I'll quickly go over the goals and then we'll get into the in-depth even though nobody wants to relive these, Kyrie Shelton opened up the scoring in the 14th minute. It was, he got a rebound from a very strong Daniel Salloway shot that was saved by Tyler Miller. Um, Daniel Salloway then picked up his own goal in the 36th minute. He's completely unmarked. I think he just got away from his man. And he receives a cross from Johnny Russell. Gets right past Tyler Miller. Johnny Russell gets to go up for a PK in the 45th minute because Tyler Miller... Took down Kyrie Shelton in the box. Daniel Sabiga goes to the screen and instantly awards it as a PK. It's fair. Then second half, Cameron Duke also just completely open in the box. Another cross from Johnny Russell. And he puts it away. The only good part of this game... The first, like, (laughs) 10 minutes were okay. Yeah. Uh, Finley hit the post early on. I think Uno had, like, two shots go close. Mm -hmm. Um... No shots went on target. There were zero shots on target for Minnesota the entire game. Um, Gasper was out with yellow card accumulation. So was Ozzy Alonso. Uh, in uh, Gasper's place with DJ Taylor, he was given no help on the side, and Russell kind of ate him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Like, it was it was pretty painful. It was. They were given so much free space you know, between the midfield, like between the midfield and and our mm-hmm. defense, they were just like could run freely, like Salouy, Shelton, and Russell. Nobody could stop them. And then in midfield, it seemed every time we regained possession, we'd give it up within two passes. Whereas SKC kept on kept on pressing, and also they they knew they could comfortably sit back if they wanted to with the lead they had at the start of second half. They were up three 0 It just it felt like a futile effort. 
and you look at the stats and kind of was, they had 677 passes to our 369. They exceeded us by 300 passes. And we looked like a team that was burned out on the road. SKC looked like they'd never been better. They were coming out to make a statement that they were the best in the West. And they made that statement. I mean, you talked about them just controlling everything. It felt that way in the Seattle game as well. Just every pass they made went perfectly to another Seattle player, and every pass that we made was either going out of bounds or going too straight to a Seattle defender or just bouncing off a Minnesota player. And just it just feels like these two teams especially – when against them, they are so much more well drilled, and so much more. I don't want to say. I don't know. They were just a lot better than us, and it it you could tell a person who was just watching who had never watched soccer before could would be able to say, "Man, that team is like they're they're doing a lot better. They're going a lot forward a lot easier." Why don't why does the other team do that? It's like, oh, well, it's not it's not as easy as it looks, you know. Uh, <laughs> tired to play two games in like seven days or whatever, and whatever excuse you want to make. And I'm sure Heath has made those excuses. Yes. Um, and we can say them right here. I've, it was Franco's, I think, second game back from injury. Uh, Reynoso and Lude weren't fully back. Lude got like a 15 minute cameo. The end of the game, um, Hassani really wasn't in this game or the next game we'll talk about. Uh, he last played in the Seattle game. I don't think he's on the bench for the last game either. I'd have to look at the lineups, but hopefully he's okay. Um, we're missing our starting left back, and the sub we put in was given zero help, which you don't want to do. Jatori uh, Hayes really hasn't had a good week. No. Oh, yeah. He he had one a, a blunder in this game in the first half, right? The giveaway, and that was that kind of epitomizes the game, right? He slips, and it's an instant breakaway for. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was it was Shallowy, and and it yeah, and he, like, it looked, yeah. I think they hit the crossbar that on that one. Missed. Yeah, yeah, it was, but it could have been it could have been worse. Yeah, but they recycled um, that play probably like four times, and just mm-hmm. oh, it was humiliating. That's the only and, that yeah. And Tyler Miller has been extremely solid this entire this entire season since he's been in. And this like he was just off this game. He was just his chakras weren't balanced, or he didn't rub the right crystals on his way in, or he didn't sage his locker well enough. I don't know. He... I'm just gonna go with the canon that Tyler Miller is a witch, <laughs> is Wiccan, and he just does all that shit. Yes. I was, no, gonna say, cool. I was gonna say he he did the wrong thing. Listen to his coach before the match. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, and again, I'll point those first ten minutes. Finley hits the post. Uno goes wide twice, and it's a cliche in the sport, but goals t- change games. And if one or two of those go in. Who knows how Kansas City reacts? They'd be like, oh no, it's the 2020 playoffs all over again. And just capitulate. Exactly. Yeah. We're a, we're a high-pressing team, and we have been doing this all season, that we press high no matter who our lineup is. But the problem is we fall apart if we lose possession, right? 
we can't you can't do, you can't effectively press with if you don't have the ball. Yeah, it is, you can't effectively press if your midfield is all out of sorts. Um, it seemed like Hayes and Trap didn't really know who was staying back and who was going forward. Um, Bradius is nowhere to be seen, so who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like when Asani and Trap are out there as a pairing. They each know each other's role. If Ozzy and Trap are out there as a pair, they each know each other's role. And it just seemed like Trap and Hayes just don't have that chemistry yet. And they might never have the chemistry because they don't probably won't play very much <laughs> together anymore. Yeah. But not defining that before the game and saying, hey, I know, just go go Trap be like, hey, Hayes is going to go, going to go forward. That's what he would want to do. Play like you're playing with with Hassani. When he plays with Hassani, he stays back. When he plays with Ozzy, he goes forward more. So I'd pretend Tori is Hassani for this game. Just keep that in your mind. No worries supposed to go with that. And Tori just like, come back a little more often than you usually do, but still try to shuttle the, the, the ball forward as much as possible to one of our own players, preferably. But I still think Franco isn't 100%. Even after the Saturday's game, he looked... Like the one weak link in our in our attack, uh, Uno left out the dry. He needs Reynoso or Adi next to him. Uh, and Finley, I mean, he was dialing in. We just know he was dialing 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 in for. It wasn't this game. It wasn't that game. So finally found that that goal that he was he's been turning for for since since the Vancouver game. Yeah, but yeah. Um, after this game was over, Minnesota was outside of the playoffs for the first time since like the first four games. Um, how were you feeling after like Thursday morning waking up being like, "Oh God, how are you feeling?" Yeah, on the, on the back of you know the Seattle loss, this loss because of, like because of how many goals it was and the way we looked, I was kind of like ready to throw in the towel. And it's because of that that I didn't watch our next game until seventy seven minutes <laughs> in. Uh, so. And even with the result, I, I, it hasn't really changed my opinion. I am, we are sitting in seventh. I feel like we are a seventh place team with a game in hand. That's at best a fifth place team. And the gap from fifth to first is massive this year. It really is. Like, I, SKC Seattle and and Colorado are kind of the kingmakers in in the game mm-hmm. right now. Like, not even LA Galaxy can can really challenge them. Like no, no, Sasha. LA Dallas is really good. I made sure I against them. I said it much better, right? Come on, they're really good. Oh man, the Dallasy. They still have Beckham and Zlatan and Robbie Keane, right? And Donovan's still there. Oh man, they're so good. Should, should we move on to the next game? We should. Okay. Uh, LA Dallas nil. Minnesota United three, three goals. First time Minnesota scored more than two goals all season. God, is that depressing. Um, Freynoso's back um, from injury. Uh, Lude, fully back from injury. Both made their starts. Um, Gasper back from, from uh, suspension. Ozzy back from suspension. Um, yeah, Lude started up top as a striker. Uh, Franco and Finley on the wings. And again, going forward, looked a lot smoother. Um, I still think Fratapani was our weakest link. There were times where he would just had plenty of space to like take a few touches and wait for the play to develop. And he would just force a pass that a few times actually, where he would be 
like just out of the box, not moving, but needs like like the ball was like a hot potato. He needed it off his foot as soon as possible. And a few times he was dribbling down towards the goal too, not on the breakup, but had two options, kind of straight nets to him, and he would just just too heavy on his three balls on those breakaways. If he can if he can refine that and get that time of three going with his 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 fellow attackers would be very dangerous on the counter through Franco. I think his vision is there. He just just needs the patience and the and the finesse right now. Who didn't need the finesse was Reynoso. He didn't look like he was rusty at all. Fourth minute. I can't remember if we scored the last time we scored this early in a game. But fourth minute outside the box, just bottom corner. Goes in and had to pitch himself a couple times. Like, did we really just score? Outside the box. No one's offside. Are you sure? Just following the build up. Nothing? All right, cool. Awesome. One nothing. It was a very beautiful goal. I I, I were watching from highlights. We kind of caught LA Galaxy sleeping. And it, it, that's a wonderful feeling. Like you said, like we could have scored early. So many, in so many games this this season, including against SKC, this was a perfect example of it. But maybe it takes takes having our playmakers back to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think Heath said that they're trying to get Reynoso to shoot more. And well, they should have fucking told him earlier because <laughs> he scored another goal in the 20th minute. Uh, this time, same side of the net. This time in the top corner, um, Jonathan Flintsman got a hand to it, but did nothing. Much like his. Uh, his dad at Hertha Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, a, it's kind of a deep cut. If you don't know, uh, Jonathan Flintsman is Jürgen Flintsman's dad. He was the coach of, at Hertha Berlin for like two months last season, spent like $80 million in the 20, January, January transfer window and then left saying they weren't good enough. So, yeah, <laughs> that happened. Um, and after that, this like... I think Minnesota had plenty more chances. There was one shaky moment where Tyler Miller came off his line to clear a ball and went straight to an LA Galaxy player at midfield and he like ran back and caught it over his shoulder like he was touching like a touchdown pass from Tanner Morgan. Thankfully, it was going out of bounds. It wasn't going to go in the net, but still, it was a heart and throat moment. That was, before, I think, before the second goal. Um, yeah, halftime, 2 nothing. Feeling pretty good. And then, second half, they bring on Lechet. Right away in the second half. He comes on at halftime. In like 50th, 55th minute, uh, Chicharito comes on and Jonathan Dos Santos comes on. And the game changes. All of a sudden, we, we can't get a foot in. We're on the back foot the entire time. They have a couple shots. I don't think really any on target. Now kind of slicing wide and going high. So... Like Debasi and Botsi had very good games in the air and in, in the center of our defense. Um, and then just quick counter, Ethan beats offside trap, through ball by Franco, and he's in on goal and finishes. And after that, it was like, oh, game set match, we're done. We weathered the storm from their playmakers, from their best players. We got our goal to kind of just demoralize them and. Yeah, it worked out. I think Inchi made all the right subs. He brought on Unu on to hold the ball late. He brought on Tallman to help bolster the defense. And he, he nailed the subs for once. Oh, 
should mention Joseph Rosales. New central midfielder from uh, Honduras. Made his debut against Kansas City. Kind of under the radar because we kind of want to block that game out. But <laughs> he looked pretty good coming in, playing a little left mid. Uh, not really a winger, but kind of left-hand side, helping chase on defense and kind of going forward. He looked pretty good. He did some stepovers one, once, and it's a LA defender. I'm like, oh, dude, get it. And then he lost the ball right away. But it was cool. Yeah, he definitely has a spring this step. He also has a calmness about him. Like, he doesn't feel... I don't think he feels the stress of, being, you know, when he, when he has possession, like, he's got to lose the ball quickly. I think he makes good decisions most of the time. He did, like you say, give it away a couple times. But, yeah, I, I like... I like this player. Yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's... On, I think you bought him outright. I don't think he's on loan. I'd have to go back and check, but... He's on good pickup. He's actually on the field, which is nice. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Patrick Toya, he should be playing. Oh, he's on loan. Okay, cool. Um, oh man, Midmaster. He's injured. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Azio Jackson. No, he's on loan. Just Rosales? Yeah, sure. Why not? Cool. Awesome. Um, should mention in the... Uh, Kansas City game, he had 26 touches, 100% pass completion rating, uh, one tackle, one, one aerial duel, one. I think that's it, all the stats that I saw. But good debut under the radar because of his awful loss. And then solid kind of cameo in this 3-0 win. He didn't have much to do, but when he did it, he looked, he didn't look out of place, which is the best thing to say about an 18-year-old on an MLS pitch, honestly. Maybe maybe somebody from team actually does listen because last week I remember we were talking about the fact that like oh you can play young players and look at that <laughs> look you can end with with good results too so thank God it you know we can, we can do something right. I'm just an unfrozen caveman coach. And your ways of playing young players frighten and confuse me. Well, are we also frightened of making money because that's what young players bring, man? Then <laughs> <laughs> what I saw from him, I thought Chase looked. Played really well on the left. Um, he just re-signed a new contract a couple of days ago. Four more years in his contract. Um, that draft class, pretty strong. Yes. Well, it would be a shame, you know, if they don't have a trophy at the end of their contracts to show for all they have contributed to this team. So, get it done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we should mention... Again, that this is the first time all season Minnesota's scored more than two goals. Yeah. It took two bangers from Reynoso and just a great counterattack by uh, Fradipani and Finley. Um, currently, we are the second to lowest scoring team in the Western Conference. Yeah, we had 27 above, goals. Yeah. Above Austin FC, mm-hmm. who have 25. It's bad, man. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And that's really why this game feels like false hope. No matter where we finish, <laughs> if it's if even if it's in the playoff position, nobody bets on a <clears throat> on a playoff team that isn't scoring goals. Last year we were scoring goals around this time and we went on a, such a run and it took a third man who was Kevin Molino to get us as deep as the Western Conference final and we still lost. We don't have that Molino this year, and uh, I, I I'll get more into this because we have a question that addresses it. But like, yeah, that that third man, yeah, and neither. I mean, obviously the first two are Reynoso and Lude. Yeah, 
that third man has to be Fratapane or Uno yep. or Finley. And we, we know what Finley is in this league. If you can find the purple rain of fo- uh, vein of form going forward after this, I mean, he looked fantastic on Saturday. If you didn't build on that going forward, great. He didn't be that third guy. But I think asking those three players to be the third guy every single game is too much. They said, step up when it's their time to shine. Yeah. Then we didn't make a run, hopefully. Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we do have questions this week. Sorry about not asking them for late. We kind of we're gonna record on Thursday, but we're recording on Wednesday. And just know that we're human too, and we make scheduling errors errors, and it's fine, guys. I know we may seem like these infallible soccer gods, <laughs> but we're human too. <laughs> questions from uh, Mike D um, and from Eric Olson um, man that that name sounds familiar anyway uh, from Mike D uh, will the team put in a masked vaccine mandate um, how pissed will freedom loons be if that happens I don't know what those are I'm sure I'm assuming they're conservative loon fans which and to walk off a short dock and is Uno a bust um, for the mass vaccine mandate, uh, before the game on Saturday, the team put out a tweet that said, um, we strongly encourage face coverings, which I think we've learned in this pandemic that strongly encouraging anybody to make one super tiny sacrifice to their, is not enough. They need to be forced to do it because people are assholes and selfish. Um, for this game, there were no capos in the stands, so there was no singing, no chanting, no nothing, pretty much. I think the only thing that was in unison the entire game was Wonderwall. Um, there were no capos because capos didn't feel safe facing, you know, a thousand fans singing back into their faces, which is understandable. Um, and there probably won't, there won't be capos until there is a vaccine or mask mandate at the at the stadium um there was one smaller group uh, uh supporters group um i think the bucket hat bucket hat brigade which uh, i mean i want to join that one that sounds awesome bucket hats are in guys but they said um they're calling on other supporters groups to not spend money at allianz until there's a vaccine mask mandate um. So if you feel need to do, to do so, please join in and not spend money at Allianz. Food's cheaper elsewhere. Booze is cheaper elsewhere. You didn't don't have to buy that jersey at that at the game. You can save up and buy it when they have a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Yeah. Oh. Um. One of the places. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One of the places that is nearby that is has their own mask or vaccine mandate. Uh is Blackheart. They're doing it to protect their uh, their performers for drag, right? And that's one of the places where you mm-hmm. can go and you can cheaply drink, now safely drink, you know, uh, instead of spending your money at Allianz. Oh, man. Happy hour there? Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. If, I haven't been there since the Austin game, but I think it was like three $2.50 mixed drinks. Hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. 
Yeah, Detroit to Blackheart, go to the dame, sober up, go back to Detroit to Den. Mm-hmm. And then get home safely. Call an Uber. Or have a, a DD. Yep. Drink responsibly. <laughs> Drink cheaply responsibly. <laughs> Where, where's that t-shirt? That should be our t-shirt. <laughs> Drink cheaply <laughs> responsibly. Uh, a public I mean, service I announcement should, by two United fans. I feel like we should message West and, West and be like, hey, we have an idea for a Blackheart t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Mike D also asked, is, is Uno a bust? And... I will say this again. I feel like I've been abandoning this drum for as long as he hasn't been scoring goals. Robin Lude scored zero MLS goals his first year in MLS. Adrian Uno has four. Guess who is our leading scorer in MLS this year? It's Robin fucking Lude. I think Adrian Uno will come dead. It may not be right now. Maybe the end of this year. Maybe now that Reynoso's back and like fully healthy, maybe that's he, that's what he needs is just better service going forward. Who knows? <laughs> but I think he'll come good. Yeah. You can, you can attack me next season if he doesn't. Yeah. I completely agree with you, but I would argue against it. I would say he is a bust simply because it leads into our next question. What will it take for Heath to lose his job? <laughs> <laughs> and what will it take for Heath to keep his job? If we don't make playoffs and the transfers we made this season are thrown into that equation, including who knew not scoring enough goals, it might be enough to get Keith to lose his job. So I'm going to say, sit here and say, yeah, who knew if you don't get like former braces in the next 10 games, <laughs> you're a bust and Heath should yeah, be out. Steep. I know it is. It is a steep demand, right? But then that helps me make my argument that he's a bust, and I can be like, Adrian Heath was the one, the mastermind, mastermind behind that plan, and uh, we need to get rid of him. So, I honestly think, yeah, if we don't make playoffs with all the money we invested in in pl- new players this season, Adrian Heath should be out. It's it's embarrassing. When you look at the roster. The talent on it should be a top four Western Conference team. It should be. Yeah. But I don't think Heath makes mediocre or average players better. He needs high-quality talent to be a good coach to get good results. That's why I see when Reynoso's out or Lude's out or Batsy's out or Debassi's out. Those replacement players, I mean, asking to play as well as those players is a, is a tall, tall order, but we look so much worse. And you know the players, and you could argue, well, Say, so, Sonny Dotson and Chase Jasper are young players, right? This was going to be the potential. They're, they just got game time. But can they truly become elite with Adrian Heath as their coach? I don't know. We saw a little regression last year from Asani. saw a little regression this year early on from Chase. I don't, I don't think I don't think he's, Heath is a good player development coach. He's also very 
resistant to changing his strategy in the middle of a game. Which I think just has lost us games in, in the past. Lost us points for sure. Yeah. Will it happen? No. He's he's here for next year. Absolutely. If we sneak into a playoff spot, check. Playoffs done. My prediction is we'll get we'll sneak into the playoffs. We won't get into a home game. We'll go away for the first round and lose and be out. And that'll be considered good enough for this ownership group. When it shouldn't be. Now if we miss the playoffs, watch the space. Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> and but the cheapest job for sure. Playoff spot. Win a playoff game. Well, yeah. And you're right, there's a name in Sharpie. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Then we're never getting but- rid of him. He's a fucking tumor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, just I saw this on Twitter right before I started recording. But um, Gonzalo Pineda, the new head coach of Atlanta, I welcomed like a group of supporters to their training session and like talked to them and like said, "Hey, we want you here so the fans can see your support. We know that you love the team. We want you to like give back a little bit to you, but also like have you here to show the players some love." And I think it was either Bruce or Wes online who asked. When's the last time Heath like talked to a supporter that wasn't like right after he got hired? And I have no idea. We don't have fans at at trainings. We don't have. He doesn't like come out and talk to people, or not that he like other coaches do, but I feel like Heath kind of needs to, especially after this game where he bashed everyone who was said that Minnesota was like going through a rough. Sp- patch or was like not doomed but like I don't know whenever Minnesota goes through like a couple losses in a row and then Minnesota wins Heath takes all that criticism of the two games that he lost as like a, a personal attack it seems like and then like that win he just had like well, I proved you all wrong it's like no you didn't LA Galaxy played without their Three best players for the first half. You went into Seattle and into Kansas City, which you'll have to do to get anywhere close to where we finished last season and just took a dump on the field. Just a big, stinky dump right on the field. Yeah. He's I don't know. he's I'm acquired so the ire of the fans. And <sighs> the small things that you mentioned, they actually aren't that small. Like the fact that Gonzo Pinedo made time for the fans to, you know, interact with him and the team. He then, within his first two months, has now been put on, like, uh, Team of the Week. You know, he's bar- he hasn't been coaching Atlanta United for more than two months, and he's already made Team of the Week. When's, when's Adrian Heath made Team of the Week? Like, only when we're doing hot. Yeah, only when he can sit on the successes of the players who already have that talent. Just, just anyone else who would be like more welcoming to the fans would be great. Not just take every piece of criticism and just like, oh, you hate the team. But no, we don't fucking hate the team. The reason we're so critical of the team is that we love the team, want to see them do well. And when they're dog shit, like they were in Seattle and they're dodged like they were intensity and they were dodged at the first four games of the season, I'm going to fucking call you out on it. 
It's any fan base in this entire world yep. is pissed off at the team when they lose. Mm-hmm. <sighs> there was a whole thing on Twitter too about like, I mean, this happens every fucking year that like, you know, you're criticizing the team. You're not a real fan. No, I am. Shut up. But people came off after Bruce McGuire, who's like the godfather of Minnesota sport, Minnesota soccer like fandom. And they missed. Like, come with the chain, you best not miss. Yeah. And they missed. Bruce is still standing. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Thanks, Dad, for asking that. Now I'm all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to MLS? We had some news, some different stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Sasha, you want to take us through those first parts there? Yeah, sure. Um, Calling out my own prediction, because uh, <laughs> our predictions seem to be cursed on this podcast. Uh but a couple weeks ago, you asked if Portland Timbers win over Seattle in Seattle would give them momentum, uh, you know, to win out in the season. And I predicted wrongly because since then, they have gone on a five game undefeated streak, four wins and one draw. And that draw was against Colorado Rapids, who may be the number team, number one team in the West at the end of this week. And they played against Colorado down a man for part of the game. So, yeah, you were completely right. <laughs> completely right in calling that they took all the momentum from that win and they are on a tear right now i was right twice i think last week because i also predicted that we would lose four nothing to kansas city oh. i think mostly as a it's it mostly as a joke but i should probably use my powers for good i think <laughs> you know what? we'll beat houston three nothing this weekend it's happening Maybe maybe the it's it's all it's universally cursed though. Like when we have a good prediction, it won't come true. When we have a bad oh, prediction, no. <laughs> the prediction uh, it will. The the true the true cursed prediction. Who uh, wished? I shouldn't have wished to be right on my podcast on this monkey paw. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned that we're facing Houston. We have a very busy schedule coming into October. Everybody has at least six or seven games within one month. We thankfully faced three Texas teams within that time period. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nine points guaranteed, guys. Yeah. Guaranteed. Nothing bad will happen. Nine <laughs> points for sure. Uh, Colorado and, and Seattle have very difficult schedules, partially because Seattle faces Colorado twice and SKC twice, and then both LA, team, LA teams back-to-back. So watch let's see, watch the big teams duke it out and see who you know who's still standing. If Colorado doesn't fall off, you know, which they easily could, they'll, you know, they'll be the number one team. Either that or they'll, they, them and SKC could be, like, dogging it out, and Seattle's just, like, finally broken. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, I think it was Nicholas Ladero was out for, again, without another knee injury. He re reiterated the same injury he had earlier this year, so that's unfortunate for him in Seattle. Um FC Dallas parted ways with coach slash LL Bean model, Lucci Gonzalez, and his beautiful sweaters. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to gaze into his beautiful eyes on the sideline anymore while Minnesota plays Dallas. Um, best of luck to him going forward. He's a, he's, he's a beautiful man, Sasha. I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind what you look at him at our, uh, on the sideline in front of our bench, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Honestly, hey. <laughs> It's cold up here, Luchi. You, you can wear all the sweaters you want. It's always yeah. It's always best. All the high neck sweaters. 
<laughs> Always cardigan season. Wink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it actually is cardigan season right now. It's the ideal time to come mm-hmm. to Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Oh, did try to get him in a flannel? No. Cardigans only. Yep. <laughs> Don't weird again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going off the rails and we love it. Um, some good news for uh, MLS and for Lead Down Match. Uh, there's new Leech Tub formats in, that'll start that'll start in 2023. It will include every team in MLS and Liga MX. Um, it'll, both leagues' regular season matches will pause for one month. Uh, there'll be 16 groups with three teams. Um, there are two group matches. And then the top two teams from each group will enter into a 32-team knockout. And then go so on and so forth until there's a final, semi-final, or in the third-place game. Top three clubs will qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, so 16 times 3 is 48. Lead MX has 18. MLS needs to, needs to get up to 30. They're at 27 right now, adding uh, Charleston next year. And then I think adding St. Louis the year after that. Um, so that's 29. 30th team was going to be Sacramento Republic, but that bid is a giant clusterfuck of a mess right now so who knows what that 30th team will be but they have to be in by 2023 this is i don't know how they're gonna pull this off thankfully they got some time figured out because i would be as an mls team i don't like the idea of this yes it's more money but it's it's a much easier for the mexican league which has you know, our old NASL style of having two seasons within mm. a, or yeah, two seasons within a year that's split and taking a massive break in the middle. Whereas for us, like we got other competitions, CONCACAF Champions League being one of them, US Open Cup as well. And you're starting to, even if you're taking time off MLS, you still got those other, other competitions to coordinate on top of this one. Yeah, the US Open Cup, I think, if this does happen, like they said, it's going to happen. I think the US Open Cup um, just doesn't have MLS teams in it anymore. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. But means lower league teams will actually get a chance to win mm-hmm. the US Open Cup. Which is how, is how it started with all those teams back in the early 1900s. So, yeah. And if you if they still have the US Open Cup as like a counter Champions League like qualify, qualifying trophy, even better. Gives that USL team more. I don't know, it's more exposure, I guess, from the world stage, which would be nice. Um, actually, this year's Leeds Cup Leeds Cup final is happening tonight. Uh, Sounders face Club Lyon. Any predictions, Sasha? Uh. I'm going to say Lyon 3-1. It's... <sighs> now, we'll remind you, whatever predictions you make that are bad for the teams you support happen. Yeah. And whatever true. predictions you make that are good for our teams, the opposite happens. So no matter what you say, what they're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, uh, I mean, yes, Sand- Sanders have looked really well. They did lose this past week mm-hmm. to RSL. They have no Lloyd Darrow. And you could argue that, like, oh, well, they their system is set up so they can fill in, you know, Kellen Rowe or any... Like, they have some players that we can fill in. Yes, that applies when you're facing MLS teams. League MX is their own beast, and they are a 
the own like Seattle Sounders could come out and score first, <clears throat> and the own could be a team that like score doesn't really matter to us. We'll just keep on counterattacking you for ninety plus minutes until we are ahead. And I honestly think that's how it's going to play out. I, I expected that to be on ten though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just I just thought of a question. Yeah. And looking at this new Leeds Cup format, yeah. right now Leeds match is so far ahead of MLS in like quality. Are we didn't qualify any teams for top type Champions League in the first like five years of this? Will this competition bridge the gap, do you think, between MLS and Lee Mets talent wise? Will it bridge the gap um popularity wise? Because right now the most popular North American um soccer league to watch on TV in the USA is Lee Mets. Like that gets more viewers than any MLS game does. I think it can. It does have the potential to bridge that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think it, it, what it really will do, it will make the good coaches evolve their play style to be more like more like Liga MX, right? It's yeah. gonna be that fast pace, like in 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 esports, it's called like cheesing, right? When you kind of like kind of like a strategy that wouldn't work 100% of the time. It only needs to work for this one match for you to get ahead. And League of Max knows how to pull those off. And it, it, it's fun to watch, right? It, it's, it's, like the, it's like an abstract artist attempting mm-hmm. soccer. So I think it will force MLS teams to be like, okay, do we sit and play our style that we know how to play? Or do we take a chance and start playing similar to League of MX and, and see if it pays off? And yeah. It could bridge that gap through that through that way. I think the play. I think the play like the players with skill we have at this league. We do have like the the, the skill. I think we need the coaches too to evolve. That's a very good point, yeah. and I honestly can't wait to watch Liga <laughs> MX teams come to Allianz. I mean, it's probably gonna be in the summer, which that's so that's a shame. But if it was like in February, oh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> We got a lot of like we got a lot of Monterey Tigres and like Cruz Azul fans here, so yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Still though, it'd be just a lot of fun to watch other teams. I don't know, just kind of fun to watch this how this competition plays out at least the first year and how they evolve it the years after that. Yeah, um, yeah uh, that's that's an episode. So Sasha, let people know where they can find you on the socials. You can find me on Instagram at Alexander Sourceloth. I'm on Twitter at RealCalebFC, on Instagram at Caleb with a K. I find the podcast at TWO United Fans across all platforms. Uh, special thanks to our lead commissioner, uh, Eric Olson, $20 a month on our Patreon, patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. It's a shout out at the end of each episode. Um, $3 a month gets you access to our Slack channel. You can ask us questions each week. Um, special thanks to Tectonics, use of their song Lustless as our theme music. Find them on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Band Camp. And shout out to Suni Lee, gold medal winner, St. Paul legend, and now Dancing with the Stars contestant. Awesome. Vote for her if you watch it. If you, if you, don't, if you don't watch the show, vote for her. And as always, shout out to the mad villain, MF2. Rest in peace. Forever. <laughs>